So I guess your house was built sort of like around the time that that people were figuring out how to make airplanes. Yeah, actually. Out of out of cloth. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 316 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm already getting too warm. I'm Sam and I'm in a dank basement. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is June 11th, 2021. Dunk on everyone. And before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. And we would also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net, who, uh, whose money we grabbed. It was awesome. It was great. I loved it. Uh, so this is a bit of a strange episode. It's a bit of a weird one. We're recording two days after the prior episode because, uh, well, life is about to descend into chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, it sort of did. It, it already did. Life is chaos. Um, we Sam's moving. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, so I think we should just get into questions because it's it's relevant to the we first left, question. We left the audience on the cliffhanger that happened to be exactly timed perfectly for this this day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things are moving in the studio, but in sort of odd lurching motions right now. Um, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna take some questions and that's just what we're gonna, we're just gonna talk today. We're just gonna talk about random life stuff. Uh, so these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net or now the, what's the address, Adam? You could go to bscotch.coffee. Or bscotch.coffee. Or butterscotch.coffee, <laughs> just for the if you want the full richness of the of the the caffeinated beverage experience. Yeah, if you want to get that aroma, do. it's like it's like getting latte art from a barista when you type yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. So these listen these listeners, these questions come from our listeners over at butterscotch.coffee. Yeah. I mean that sounds First, pretty good. I'm gonna be honest. That sounds nice. Maybe uh we should rebrand the podcast to just to, to be butterscotch.coffee. Hmm? Good. Mm-hmm. It would be the, shor- shorter, significantly shorter, despite still and being And the really URL long. would be the name of the podcast, and then boom, we're like, yeah. that's, the, that's the secret sauce. Whatever makes it the least searchable possible, I think is what we that uh, tends to be our, for. Yeah, our operating. We should just butterscotch.coffee and then parens, just to like, you know, mm, yeah. really mess or it up. Or maybe throw some, some umlauts in there. You know, we can't in the donut itself, but if we put it after a slash, though, if we put it after a slash, kind of do, do whatever you want you, at that point. Do whatever you, know, you want. Put some emojis in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've, uh, I don't so think I've first seen question. an emoji URL, but you could do it, I think. I think you could do an emoji URL. I have right? no idea. I don't know either. Uh, I, you're the web guy. If you if you don't know, none of us. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you can't. Now <laughs> well, I'm wondering why I've never seen one. An emoji is know? just a, is it a UTF-8 code? Yeah, it's just, it's just a couple of uh, – just a couple of uh, – yeah, bites slapped. Then you definitely right could have a dot smiley face. Yeah, but of course, then it gets. It's like saying lowercase, uppercase. You know what I mean? Like it gets. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you couldn't have somebody type that. You'd, they'd have to be for like co- just a copy pasted link. You know, right? Mm-hmm. But but uh, yeah, you should be. All right, I'm, I'm gonna find a use for that at some point. Make a, do can it. we get just like the smiley emoji dot com? Is that like no? You can't do it. You can't do it for the. You can't do it for the domains because the domains. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they they require just boring ass ASCII, but. But for the the rest, the part, the part after the slash. So is our test going to be seeing if we can get like bscotch.net slash smiley face? Like the, the smiley. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Or the, or, the, or right. a microphone for the podcast. So that would be, we could say like, oh yeah, go to bscotch.net slash uh, microphone, microphone emoji. emoji, you know, and get to the, <laughs> get to the podcast. <laughs> or slash, you know, coffee emoji. Again, yeah, whatever it makes work. it just impossible to search for, you know. Just yeah. impossible. Just, just, just can't find impossible. it. No matter what you do. Yeah, part of the part of finding you know good content on the internet is that it, it's an adventure. You know, like mm-hmm. once you really track it down, you then only then can you really appreciate it. Yeah, if it's on the first cool. page, that's what everybody else is looking at. Yeah, yeah that's you, that's casual shit. You can't you be cool and podcasts. Yeah, you can't be cool and use the top of the search results page. You know, nah. you gotta you gotta you gotta be the hipster of search results. Yeah, that's for corporate it. people. You know, page ten, whatever. Page ten. Pa- if you page get ten with real action. <laughs> That's where you get those dive those dive bar style websites, <laughs> yep. you know, yeah. like the, yeah, that's the good shit back there. Page ten. Mm. Uh, all right. So the first question of the day comes from Woland seventy seven, who says, "Now that you've gotten completely remote for your studio, do you think you'll stay in St. Louis? It no longer really matters where you are to do your work. Do you ever think about relocating yourselves or the studio? And if you still think physical space matters, are you still willing to stand up for St. Louis as a good place to live? You have championed it." In the past. Mm. Well, I would say that moving out of St. Louis doesn't remove champion Saint, championing St. Louis as a good place to live. Uh, depends on your everything. Depends on everything <laughs> you got going on. Uh, St. Louis has been dope. So just to get that out of the way first, I don't think there's like a – there's no sort of – there's no but there. Um, mm. But it is true that actually with going remote – because actually, you know, listeners, since, go, since the pandemic started – know that going remote was one of those things that we had we had been actually a hybrid workplace there wasn't a word for it i think back then maybe there was but we didn't know it um we yeah, had Adam was I'm presuming, like this stuff has been around long enough it's probably people were calling it that i imagine yeah but i guess with three people total it probably didn't yeah it probably wouldn't like a have workplace. Counted, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but it, yeah adam was in texas and sam and i were in st louis correct so yeah we had two people in one room in the real time and then one person plugging in through video calls and stuff. Yep. Which was Which mostly meant that I just missed out on most conversations since since so many of them happen, you know, uh, extemporaneously over coffee mm-hmm. or or whatever, you know. Um, so it was uh, like the Ooh. remote part is like doing the work was fine, but the collaborative aspect of a hybrid workspace was complete fucking garbage. Yeah. And at the time yep. too, there was no, you know, we used Discord for all of our uh, studio practice stuff now. And structurally, this exists then. Yeah, and it's been way better. I mean, you, you don't have to like purposely Skype call someone. You could just be hanging out and they could drop in and out and that sort of thing. So uh, going remote in March actually did, because we managed to do it and do it in a way that we found to be uh, both successful and sustainable, um, even with a few of these hitches that we're still working on, which is basically the in-person, the in-person collaborative stuff, uh, that little bit of lag, the lack of body language, um, it definitely is the case that I guess I would say like you get you get far more of your planned work done remote, but of course you don't have as many r- random changes to your planned work as you do when you're in an office, which is both again cuts both ways, right? Yeah, it's, good it's neither bad. good nor bad. It's it, but it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. It's like we talked about last episode. You're shuffling an already shuffled deck of cards. Yes. You don't really know what your luck is going to change into. Yeah. It's just some other thing that's yeah. happening. No. There are ideas that, yeah, in, in person because of all the extra randomness, right? There are some ideas that now will never happen that you'll miss out mm-hmm. on. But that's also true the other way. And some of those ideas would have been bad ideas, you yep. know? So who knows? Who the fuck knows? Um, yep. But there is the the sort of field component of it, which is you know being in the same space as people, at least with, with some regularity, feels like a good 
thing to do when you're, especially when you're depending on each other and collaborating a lot. Um, it is nice to share physical space and just get that actual like literal FaceTime, not FaceTime, the app, you know? So we went remote in March, uh, got all the stuff figured out for kind of how to do this effectively. And actually all of us were surprised by how we managed to do that. And it wasn't not just, it, not well, just that took, it wasn't terrible, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I, cause when we started, like I, I took my bad experience mm-hmm. into it uh, really aggressively. Cause I, cause the first thing I did when we started to go remote was I put together that doc, right? Remember that? Or that, mm-hmm. that's a notion where I was like, okay, here's, here's why work from home sucked for me. These were all the things that made it suck. Right. And the key one was actually try to hit. hit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I try to hit like all the things and just make it say like, okay, I'm going to make sure that we design this very intentionally so that the experience doesn't recreate all of that. that, Right. And, and so we went into it, even though as everybody listening will recall, uh, at least in the United States, people were pretending like, oh yeah, we'll just shut down for two weeks, whatever. It'll be fine. I'll go back to work, you know, no big deal, right? And that did kind of blow my mind up. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it, it didn't work at yeah, all. It didn't make any sense, <laughs> but because that was like the messaging that was coming in, the amount of uncertainty of just like, okay, well, how long is this going to be? You know, uh, was was super high. Remember, was and, our guest in the studio? We thought it was going to be what, like at least six six weeks to twelve to three months, sort of a thing. Yeah, it was like we were like, okay, well, they're going to need at least three months. If they're going to actually lock down to mm-hmm. handle this, right? Yeah, it, it was sort of like a well. I, I think the way we were thinking about the time was that like the lockdown is to try to slow it. Yeah. But mm. there's no solution, right? So well, the, sol- we, we the solution just- is, is full on quarantine, right? Um, which, which at the time still could have happened. It's just that, you know, it didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. and, yeah. and quarantine so doesn't mean kinda, literally everybody quarantines. It means you do a really aggressive discovery of cases and testing and you find the people and you keep them you know, corralled in some way and so on. Uh, the kind of stuff yeah. that people have learned how to do and have been doing for ages when it's done well, right? Uh, yeah, but, so, but our well, our conversation too was was actually in reflecting on Sam's experience being quarantined in the hospital, where yeah, it was because uh, Sam had a lot of insights about like treat it like it's treat it like it's permanent. Yep. Yeah, what's, and you'll have a much better time. Yeah, what's it like right? when you're stuck in a room for somewhere between you know two and infinite days or thirty plus days? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so we still had never, no idea what it would what it would be, but it, yeah. at the time it was still the messaging was like, oh yeah, it's probably. It's going to be not like long, long, but it's going to be, it's not, it's not a week, you know, it's not two weeks really. Uh, and so, so we went into it with basically some Sam's experience in the hospital and my experience working remote of, in the hybrid scenario mm-hmm. of, uh, of, we just designed it out of the gate and we're, and have been improving it ever since, you know, trying to recognize the flaws in it. Uh, and I think that's the reason that it ended up being a good experience, right? Is because we, hundred percent. We we designed we designed our digital workplace on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's for me there's there's one thing that we still haven't managed to to capture yet about the like the the di- big difference of working from home versus uh, working in person, which is is the exact thing you were talking about, Adam. Which is the um, when you step up from your computer and you like walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so many conversations would happen in the office at that time, which is really the ideal time to have them, right? Because you've you've sort of decoupled from sort of like a production mode, and now you're kind of in like introspection and processing mode, you know? And what's hard is that when you're working remote, you have to have those conversations at your computer, right? Mm-hmm. 
And yep. so there always that there always feels like there's that tug of like like talking to somebody on one monitor and having your your code open on another monitor kind of thing, and it's like you're kind of working but kind of listening, and the conversations um, don't quite uh, go as free ranging unless you really commit to shutting down your work and just talking, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, did, which is uh, actually still how most of the, at least in our own office office experience, it's still how most of the conversation was, right? It was like everybody would be working like, and somebody at some one of their desks would be like, oh, and they would you know have some idea and quickly chat about something with somebody while the other person yeah. is also doing work, right? So we still actually, by, by hanging out in the same digital space, uh, we still actually capture that part, the pros and the cons, because the con is you're interrupting people, right? Uh, but with, with enough discipline where you try to not do that too much, you know, and I think that which is the same problem in the office. It's that it's trying to find that balance of where you're still allowing for free ranging exploration of ideas without de- completely derailing somebody else's work. Um, so yeah. we do still have that because even the, th- the whole thing about like getting up and going to coffee, right? That was basically just somebody would get up and go, right? And then somebody else would be like, "Oh yeah, actually, like I want, I want to." I'm, I'm at a kind of a right? break point, and I need a time to process. Yeah, and now you're yeah. just like waiting. You know, like, so then you're chatting and talking about what people are up to and whatever. And so, so you have that, and, like, and that's the piece that's like actually gone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, completely. Um, but so uh, but there are ways we could recreate that too, because like, because if the idea there is that somebody decides randomly, like, oh, I'm going to get coffee. It's always somebody else, everybody else is doing work at that time, no matter what, because it's random, mm-hmm. right? And so we could have like, we could add a, a having coffee channel or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like. Right now, the idea of like, oh, you're taking a break. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to the bathroom, get some coffee, whatever. But like, you're just in your house doing that stuff, right? Which is fine. But what if you want to be social? Well, we actually, happen, so right? Seth and I tried this last Monday, I think. Mm-hmm. So we had this this chat where we're like, okay, I'm pretty sure you could do this if you somehow like, if you said, hey, I'm going to go get coffee. And then you pull up Discord on your phone, which mm-hmm. what I did, right? Yeah. Um, I think the only weird, the only thing that was interesting about it is, I don't know how Seth thought about it on his side, because he was the one watching me make some coffee, right? Um, yeah. Which actually I think made it – so we ended up having a good, a good interesting conversation um, that was very engaged. But of course, like I'm doing stuff. Like I'm making – physically making coffee, mm-hmm. right? It's that actually – you're not waiting in line um, yeah. like you would be at the at the office. And so I think it's funny because at the office, like there's always fuckloads of noise. Just fuckloads. Like just people mm-hmm. talking, hammers going every so often, like the coffee machine buzzing. But it's are still different. doing stuff, you know, because like, because yeah, there, there too, you are like, you're not like sure the machine's making your coffee for you, but then you're like doctoring it up and you're finding. Oh yeah, you're, you're doing stuff. Things, but I think there's know? there's something weird about someone doing stuff while on the like on the phone with you, uh, as far as the well, noise. well, and it was the case that like I was still at my computer, mm-hmm. you know, and so like I still have my code up, you know, and Sam's making coffee, and so I think and I was I was looking into stuff like. Um, different, different smart boards, like collaborative whiteboards, because another thing that happened is, so Sam is staying with me for this week while he's staging for his move, um, to move, which we haven't, we haven't talked about yet, but we'll talk about it. Um, so, so Sam's been staying in my house and I have a whiteboard in my office, which has largely been completely blank because, uh, whiteboarding is such a great way to communicate ideas. Right. Um, but if, if I'm at my desk and I just have like a notepad, then I can just draw and sketch out ideas on the notepad for myself. And and I don't need to use a whiteboard, right? Um, but now that Sam's been here, like my whiteboard is just covered. It's just covered with stuff because anytime we were like, how should this work? Then it's like, we just walk over to the whiteboard and just start, like we both have a marker and we're just like, and sometimes we wouldn't even draw anything for that conversation, but just like being able to kind of facilitates it. But I was looking at, at sort of like smart boards 
um, as like a collaborative alternative where if you, if you could like while working remote, you could just say like, okay, hold on. And you just like stand up and you just are whiteboarding, you know? Um, but man, those things are, they're like $20,000, right. Or something. Insane. Well, so the, the, there's like the cheapest one is I think called the vibe, which is like a 55 inch TV basically. And that's $3,000. Um, it is 4k, which is cool. And it runs on Android, which is interesting. Um, well, again, like, I don't know how seamless it is. Right. Cause like if you're on discord call with somebody and you go to this board, like, do you need to move the call? You know, because like there's we, always we tried a using layer. Figma. We tried using Figma. We've tried using uh, reviews, Limnu, like a couple of these other whiteboarding things. Uh, so I guess what's the diff? Like how come? Because actually, when we oftentimes when we talk, if we're if we're jamming on something, then uh, like I'll pull up Clip Studio and actually be essentially whiteboarding. Like, yeah. Well, right? I think there's there's two differences, right? So like one is is right now. I've, so I've got my little tablet with the whiteboard mm-hmm. like lim, lim new stuff but it has to, it has it sits on my desk and it's taken up space and so i have it like shoved off to the side and yeah. also it's a third monitor and it's taking power and stuff and so like i have it actually unplugged most of the time right so there's like there's friction to like getting onto it and also you need to like go to the lim new site and get that set up and log in right so you, it's not just like picking up a marker and standing up um but also you need the other person to jump onto it as well right so it's it's a two-part, um, which is the same just, as a whiteboard, right? It's like the other person's got to get up and get on there. Yeah. So yeah, it's, but, yeah, it, but it's I think still the point still is different the, than like somebody just drawing on their end because you can't point at things and you can't draw things as well, right? It's like you need the collaborative angle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, to me, it's the it's the because I do think I do think things like the the Figma's sort of beta version of a Figma Jam, thing. as they call it, Figma Fig, Fig Jam or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I didn't play with it enough, but it actually looked pretty, like pretty cool. Uh, I think for me, so I, I generally agree with with uh, this is this issue of of the friction involved, like versus just like getting up wa- quickly, walking over to a whiteboard. The other person walks over at the same time. You grab a marker and you can start going right. Um, well, there's also a, there's also a, kind of like a context switch of like I've stood up from my computer and I'm in I'm in like brainstorming mode now, right? I'm not in front of screens and I'm just like standing and I'm in a slightly different space, you know. Um, that like I feel like that kind of like also fit, like let's both I think people it does, get but more I, fully but actually engaged. For me, the the so so the, the friction is the big one, um, I think. Yeah, uh, and yeah. comfort with the tool um, mm-hmm. is the next big one. Uh, and, and for me, this kind of come together also. Cause I, for me, actually, I, I can't use a notepad really effectively. Um, cause there's a, there's actually, there's a friction there too, which is not about, it's not about collaborating. It's about how to, you know, putting ideas together is when I had whiteboards around, I would actually use those by myself. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because it's t- like the, the ease of adding and erasing is trivial, right? You can just add true. Yeah. and the scale is huge because like my handwriting is, is bad, you know, and, and like, and you're using <laughs> but if pen, it's bigger, then, like, the line is tiny, you know? And so like, you're so, so like, so I like, I, I find myself running out of space immediately. Anytime I'm trying to like diagram or like brainstorm something when I want to shoot a paper and it's, and it's really illegible. Right. But moving into a whiteboard just cause like the scale change and then also okay, the so ease of deleting and stuff. Mm. Right. Like dramatically changes my experience there. Here's my newest um, proposal then, as far as how you could do this, because yeah. I have a I have a uh, Samsung tablet that I got, an Android mm-hmm. tablet I got a little while ago. That I originally got as like a because I was like, oh, I'm gonna use this for digital sketching while I'm going around. Turns out that was probably dumb because I'd rather just have a computer to do it, and so I don't have to you know, relearn a different program on uh, on touch. So 
Yeah, but what we could do because basically your problem is that that, that mon- you got a you got an extended monitor display essentially as your whiteboard, but that means it has right. to be so attached to like your computer. A, yeah, so you need a Chrome tab, and also your mouse has to go over there, and then that's kind of confusing because it's like way over there. And <laughs> it's so, like a third monitor. Yeah, and then also you have to worry about the, the vi- there's the video problem, which is like how do you pick up video again uh, if you walk across the room to do something? Uh, you, know, you have to have a whole video set up, but if you had a tablet across the room that just had like Fig Jam on it. And then was and then you're able to uh, you just you have Discord maybe video running or something like that on it. Um, then in theory you could get kind of the same experience where you you go to, you move over you know but then while both people are at the fucking whiteboard they could st- quote quote whiteboard still see each other. Of course yeah. you'd see kind of like the hilarious whatever. I think, that I think like. actually because for me the moving from the desk part while well, well, I do agree that that adds some you know context change flavor right uh, it's. To me, like moving to like to use a different device, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and now engaging with with somebody socially instead of like you know, typing a code or whatever uh, is already like sufficient. Um, sure, there's 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 an added change also by context mm-hmm. move, but but I don't think my my bet is that doesn't matter as much. I, I think and having to have like a whole other setup doesn't really help because now it's like okay, well that means you have to have done that, and also like if you want it to be seamless, that means somehow that thing is like you're running on an alt. Discord account or some shit that's always running or whatever, right? Yep. Yeah. Versus, because uh, what I really need is to get some sort of a fancy ass hardcore arm, right, that, that attaches to my desk and floats my current tablet up so that it's it's basically just in essence like in front of me, right? Because you can because I'm if I'm looking at my desk, right, mm-hmm. looking at my monitor, there can be a lot of shit in front of you, pretty high up before it gets in the way of your vision, right? Or, There's a lot of vertical space here, so if it was actually up, like pretty high. Or easy mm-hmm. to move up there anyway, right? And always on fig on a collaborative fig jam board, for example, that we're already all have running, right? Just on that, because now it's just on a third monitor or whatever. Then I can literally just like kind of look down a little bit and I maybe pull it up in the moment, right? And and people watching, you won't even see that I've done that really, because it'll still be low enough, right? You might see the top of it or something. Mm-hmm. But that would be it. And or then, just your second monitor is a Cintiq or something. Right. If you could just like, just like, just go and like, just start drawing on your second monitor. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Maybe that would That's work. what I'm saying. It's, it's the same. Yeah, idea, exactly. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, mine's a, mine's a Wacom tablet, which is a Cintiq, just a baby one. Right. It's a, um, it's a third monitor too that can't mount to stuff at the moment. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's the yeah. thing, right? Is, is that actually can't mount to an arm mm. easily, but there's presumably there's something out there that has like, you know. In effect, clamps or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just you need a hardcore arm that you can it's still you can it's movable, but you need to be able to you know draw against it. Now here's what um, I think is funny yeah. about this conversation, though, which is that I feel like people who are currently arguing for like going back to the office would hear this and be like, "Look how much effort they're trying to put into just like being able to whiteboard with someone." You know, like how silly to have to spend all that time just come back in the office. But yeah, the reality just, is like just commute for forty minutes a day. Yeah, exactly. Day, like no, no, instead like, of having a twenty minute conversation. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and also and now pay, we don't uh, have to design the experience, and so it's just the same shitty experience it's always been. Yeah, and everybody. also you know what? Let's go ahead and also spend thousands and thousands of dollars every month on rent instead of exactly. a couple thousand dollars to get equipment for the whole studio now for the next several years and you're just covered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, well, it is it is so much easier to just keep doing what you were doing. Yeah, like it's easier in terms of the short term, like mental burden. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's obviously well, way harder in the long term to do har- harder things. Yeah, but in an office uh, you inherit you inherit the design, right? Like you come in, Correct. there's a floor plan. It just is what it is, right? 
uh, and certain things can go to certain places. You have a certain number of people, but they're all there. So you got to somehow make it, make that work in that space. Right. Um, and so the number of design constraints you have are, is very, very high. And the amount of resources you need, because it all has to be physical is also really, cause even like with us, with our tiny studio, you know, every once in a while we'd have trouble getting a, a, a room, mm-hmm. uh, like a conference yeah. room outside the studio to do something, to meet with somebody or just to have a conversation that didn't interrupt the rest of the team. Or My whatever. favorite was that our office was, I think, the farthest away from both bathrooms. Yeah, also that. Yeah. <laughs> because of how the, yeah. the floor plan worked. There was no you, – you were just basically equidistant and it was maximally distant from both bathrooms in the building. You were going on a trip, you know, when you went to mm-hmm. – Which again, wasn't necessarily bad because, you know – it just was. Just think of time. Yeah. It just was. Yeah, it gave you time to think. Um, but you certainly couldn't be like, you know what? This week, I need to be able to pee a little bit uh, sooner. You know, I've got a lot of stuff going on. You can't just, <laughs> you can't just drag that bathroom across and get it closer to optimize my peeing yeah. no, this week as part of our corporate efficiency I mean, program. <laughs> this is one of those things. But yeah, so, but, yeah, but that, that point being like uh, having a system, because the other thing too is that you can also point to this and say, like, look how much effort it is, to blah, 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 right? Uh, when the reality is that that the only reason that we're even going to this much effort is because we're intentionally trying to design a good workplace experience, right? Correct. Which nobody else is doing. So, and it, like the reason that in an office people <laughs> aren't right. putting in work, right, to make it to make the office experience better, is because they're not interested in doing that. They're like, this shitty experience is sufficient. So this is what we all have, right? Or it's because you're leasing not, the building. Usually, you can't even. There's little. There's not that much you can do, right? Yeah. And, and in our case, we're basically saying like, okay, if anything is ever a little shitty. There must be some way to fix that. And, you know, and we were trying to do that in the office too, but actually our options were more limited. Uh, here we do have – Well, and we also had options. stuff like you know, J- Jordan, for example, our uh, QA lead was having a, a bunch of allergy issues you know, coming into spring, right? And then uh, over Discord, we were like, do you have an air purifier? And he's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And we're like, well, now you do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So because uh, so, also like as far – and again, if you compare these, these – uh, these little gat, like the cost of these little gadgets and and little like like I have like wall mounted sound dampening panels and stuff and yeah like these things aren't free but and they're and they're to, expensive actually like once you put it all so, to make yeah, a really are, good work from home experience it is very expensive definitely yeah except still like all the things that we've done to all of our home spaces is still like a one month of rent that we were paying you know <laughs> yes. like like we're still coming out so much more on top. And also, like, we are driving a lot less so we can, you know, we can feel better about not, you know, fucking up the air mm-hmm. a bit, a bit. Um, just losing but also saving all that, all that time. Yeah. yeah. And so, and even like Sam just got rid of his car because he's like, yeah. oh, I'm not using it anymore. Right? I sold my Boom. car. The middle less of, insurance. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, there's so many. It's, it's easy to look at the expenditures and not evaluate them against the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. And the alternative is actually way, way, way higher. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so we are, we are remote working permanently, and also we're locked in now because yeah. Sam is I'm moving. moving. So, so let's talk about that. Well, that's sort of, that's sort of the interesting thing is that so previous to the pandemic, uh, my my wife's general view on moving was that, like that doesn't make any sense because we had decided we had very much decided uh, actually when we did our first round of hiring ever that that was also one of those juncture points where like we could have gone remote and gone for like sort of the the full United States uh, workforce sort of approach, um, you know, just source whatever people that we could get from the entire country.
country or uh, or focus our efforts on our, our local network that we had in St. Louis. And at the time, we thought that being that it, was, it had been the three of us the whole time and we'd always been in the same space, Adam's experience with the hybrid stuff, that that we would never want to – never even like want to entertain this notion of, of, uh, of any remote sort of setup. So we had very much been – my wife and I had very much been buckled in for – uh, being in St. Louis for the long term because the assumption was the studio is going to be here and the studio requires physical space. So uh, it's much easier. It's easy to move a person, but like moving a whole studio to some new location doesn't make any damn sense because then you just have the same problem all over again. Um, so basically what happened after the after we went remote is that, that kind of – basically that question came back up largely because uh, my wife's art practice and uh, art career has been steadily growing and growing uh, in – kind of her network and power and stuff like that. And much of the much of the stuff that she really wants to do and basically the way that she can really hit the acceleration on that is located like in the New York metro area, right? Uh, especially she get hooked into the the communities that are more entrenched in the industry and yes, and have better networks and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's one thing, you know, we we've always bucked the the idea that you have to be in a particular space to do a particular thing. Uh, I think it's very, very true when it comes to digital things because, of course, yeah, you, of course. <laughs> it's a little more challenging when it comes to physical objects, I do think. Uh, the industries just aren't quite – don't quite have enough parity uh, for that for that broad generalization to 100% work. Um, and we did explore options like, you know, maybe she just flies to New York every, I don't know, six weeks or something like that. Um, but, you know, those those sorts of things end up – they really work as good stopgaps sometimes and they might work permanently for you if you enjoy flying, you know. Uh, my wife does not. It's, it's, it doesn't sit well in the body for her. Um, so all these things start stacking up. And then we're like, actually, yeah, you know, we, I think the pandemic too is another one of those things uh, similar to my cancer experience where, you know, frankly, it's the mortality bit where it's like, oh yeah, right. Every, everybody could just be dead at some point, uh, whenever, who knows when. And so my wife and I had talked about having kids quite a bit. And then we're like, you know what? Um, we want to, we want to actually do that like soon because we want, we want all, everybody to be able to be alive when there are these kids in the picture. And maybe that means that people have to like fly to get to them, but at least that they are, exist, you know, uh, aren't just a conceptual thing. And so a big part of that then was figuring out, okay, what would be best for us, uh, for doing the, the family raising stuff when it comes to the fact that like, I'm not the one carrying the baby in that particular context, you know, um, and so a lot of it came down to uh, Diana's family offered a lot of uh, sort of basically that helped the same kind of help that she got growing up, which was her grandparents lived in the house with them, helped raise kids, all that stuff. And so we're like, okay, I actually, like, this is a thing I, that we could go do. And then it was just yep. started exploring options and similar to kind of this remote design experience. Like, Well, and to be clear, her, her parents are also located in, in a place that is more conducive to the art stuff. It's clo- close yeah, to New York. Yeah, know, they're, they're next to, yeah, they're, they're in the Boston yeah. area. Correct? So everything kind of, kind of lined up in that direction. Yeah. So. And so we, we made a big list of uh, cities and that was a trip I was on a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned traveling around the East Coast. What we we're doing was basically scouting a few of these different cities out, um, picked one. And then what we're doing now is we're the house is all packed up. I sent a pod full of all of our stuff has been shipped. I don't even know where it is. It's just it's in storage somewhere. Who knows where? Uh, and it'll sit there until we manage to find a house. And we'll be uh, basically crashing with her parents for some interm interminable amount of time, anywhere from sixty days to six months or a year. Who knows? So I got my standing desk packed in the car. We got her art stuff packed in the car. Our two suitcases. And her dog. I mean, that's basically it. Well, the dog is not packed in the car. 
currently, hopefully. Not currently. Yeah, he's well, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not running around. Everything else is still back in the car. Um, How did you get the standing desk and then also literally anything else? Even the, a disassembled. The it, thing is – it's like 10 enormous, very heavy parts. It's you know? it's monstrous, yep. but actually all we did is once you take the, the desk off – Mm-hmm. Then the desk just like lays down across the back of the of the car. That's true. Yeah, uh, it's just like it just raises the floor a little bit. That's exactly right. Raises the floor by about two inches, and otherwise it's a good, it's a very weird structure. Of course, having this like legged creature back there, but it actually it's sort of like a it's almost like an you airplane. just kind of slot things in exactly. around it. Yeah, it's like it's a like frame. A, it's like yeah. a carry on rack on an airplane. You know, you just, just a three D Tetris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I also think that you know yeah this this move is is a big deal, but in a like you were saying, Sam, in a lot of ways, like because of the the shift to working from home, like because we were forced to do that. Because the thing is, like we wouldn't have done that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We, we would not yeah. have done this um, unless something made us do it because we did have a lot of strong opinions about um, what it means to work in the same space and all that stuff. And that also kind of meant that um, when it came to most of our decisions about what the future of the studio could be, when we're mm-hmm. thinking about where to look if we do want to, you know, hire new people or even like work with contractors or bring in more, you know, uh, part-time QA or things like that. And that's actually always the main argument for locating your studio on in the West Coast, right? Is like, that's where mm-hmm. all the people are for you to hire. That's right. You need to hire people mm-hmm. who are in your area and that's where the, the people are. Yeah. Um, except no, you know, you don't. And – and that was one of our um, one of our framings of why we liked to be in St. Louis as a game studio is is you get a lot of the uh, the perks of being in a city in the sense that it is a city of millions of people. Um, there's great restaurants. There's a lot of cool things going on, but also it's a midwestern city, so it's like it's sprawling and. Um, so it's not quite as like jammed, you know, jam packed as some of the bigger cities, mm-hmm. but but also it's just cheaper, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're on a coastal city, the city only grows in one direction, which is actually up, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because it, and especially like a like a New York, which is you know it's on a little peninsula, like it can only grow upward, um, and space is well, always at a premium, price, you know? right? Because yeah, exactly. There's yeah. A, there's a churn of people who have to leave because it's too expensive, and people will come in because. They can because they can it, afford it, right? Yeah, and um, so it grows up in price and up in height, right, mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, uh, and that's there's, no, been, yeah, there's nowhere to spread out into. Yeah, and that's been the that's been a, a saving grace for but us. Part of that too is also the absence of remote work, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. the reason that that has to happen is because of the general two part rationale. One is for your industry, you need to go where the people are in order to have a successful company, uh, because you. They work in the same. They work in, the, in a place, in a physical mm-hmm. and a location, and uh, and so this is why cities, you know, come to be, and then they centralize stuff. And for Sometimes some things, that's required, why, you know. That's yeah, how, and for having like a big works. industry anchoring a city is usually a big part of what. Yep. Like in most major cities, there's there's there was either a industry that anchored it at the beginning, and then you have other industries that attach to it, mm-hmm. uh, and then that's because why there were people there. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And it's usually shipping. Like usually, usually, oh yeah, cit- cities appeared at like important uh, transit hubs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, shipping ports, bays, places where it was like really easy to dock boats, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, of course, like St. Louis is on the Mississippi River. It's actually at the confluence of two ri- two rivers, yep. right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's but but because so much work is uh, digital now. Um, or can be made digital in some way. The tech yeah, is good. 
it's, and it's, yeah. and it's got, it's, it's only going to get better. Um, especially I mean, it's, it's kind as of, people stay remote because yeah, sure. True. A lot of people are going to end up getting stuck back in offices, like probably most actually, but, but a huge chunk of people will now be working remote who were before. And that's a new market. People are going to start serving that really effectively. Um, and you know, in the same way it took us, like people were, people have been working remote for since the dawn of the telephone, right? That's, that's already mm-hmm. been a thing. And, uh, and that market's always been just kind of slowly growing as the technology changes. Right. And I think part of the reality is, is that, is that like when I was working in Dallas, a lot of why the experience sucked was one, it was a hybrid experience, which just does suck. And then two, uh, we didn't have access to the kinds of tools we have access to today. You know, that was only seven years ago. Yeah. We had to like make Google hangout meetings and just like plan it out and call yeah. each other. You and like know. webcams weren't as good. Internet wasn't as fast, you know, like, yeah, well, I think pre-pandemic yeah, it, was it was, wasn't only like, I'm going to be making this number up completely, but I thought it was, I thought it wasn't even above 10% for the percent of the workforce that work. was fully remote all the time. I thought it was only like seven. Uh, that would have surprised me yeah, if it was that high, honestly. Yeah, that <laughs> high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it went suddenly to, you know, almost yeah, all just, of the yeah, almost particular remote. industries, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Industry dependent. But yeah, so basically all that, all of the changes that we made on the remote work side sort of allowed, allowed my wife and I just to ask exactly this question that, uh, that World N77 asks, which is like, oh yeah, like you don't have to be exactly here. So if you were to be somewhere else, what would that mean? Both for you and, and, you know, the company for, uh, my, my family, et cetera. And then like, is that good? And then the bad parts, can you design around those? And if the answer is like, yes, 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 yes. Well, then- but then also the final question is, you know, what's the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when, when your location becomes a, uh, a requirement, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want this job, you must be in this place. Like when that becomes a requirement, then you don't get to, you don't get to entertain a notion like, okay, well, my significant other is trying to advance their career. And like, and we think collectively that this other location is going to be better than that. Right. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, cause this is actually what happens to a lot of couples, right. Is, mm-hmm. One person's best opportunities are somewhere else, right? <laughs> and uh, and I have this conflict, which is okay. Well, fuck. Like somebody can't have what they want. That's the mm-hmm. that's the outcome. That's right? that's how it is. That's how it is. And and, yeah. and and once you tie in, of course, that some people want to want a place, then that makes it even more complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and it's it's very difficult when people have those competing interests to find something that works. But often there's not even a choice. Right. Once yeah. there's a choice, that means you get to, depending on your level of privilege, of course, you get to explore it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, because moving is very fucking expensive. Right. Yes. Like really, really expensive. So, you know, when people telling other people, like, oh, if you don't like that state, just leave. Right. Or whatever. It's like, that's not how things work. Not. Right? That's, that's not, so it's really <laughs> not expensive to do those experiments. But if you can afford to do it, right. If you've got the, you've got the financial safety, if you've got the, the, other kinds of support you need to do these kinds of experiments, either trying a new job or trying a new location, the more of those constraints you can remove, then the less you have to worry about those being irreversible or mm-hmm. being something that is just a bad idea or whatever, because the realm of ways you can make a thing good just goes up, right? Well, and there's also really interesting stuff about like, if you think about what it means to be a, to be a worker in this new normal, right, where where it can be expected of many, many companies to offer remote, you know, versions of your job. And so you can, for example, move to a place that is much cheaper to live, mm-hmm. maybe even a different country, you know, depending mm-hmm. um, yeah. where tax laws where the, get really fucked They get a little bit trickier that at that point, yeah. <laughs> but, but like there, there are places in the U S where the buying power of a dollar is one sixth, the buying power of a dollar in another place in the U S mm-hmm. right. 
Um, and so, so in a weird way, you know, you as a worker, if you have the ability to go to a place that's much cheaper to live, and it's a place that you actually want to be, and a place that you like being, then you could, you could actually uh, negotiate the the remote nature of your work by just saying like, yeah, just pay me like ten percent less than what you would have paid somebody mm-hmm. there, and then you're still way way better off than yeah, you would have paid. You're saying in the scenario power. where they don't want to do remote work or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. you don't normally want to negotiate your way down. No, you don't want to negotiate your way down. Yeah, but yeah. but, but if, if you're getting something. Well, right. If you're if you're saying yeah. like, oh, like, oh, I want to work remote and I don't want to move, so I'm willing to take a cut to do that or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, you have these options of things that you can do, and it gets a little it gets a little muddy once people throw in uh, like location based pay and that kind of stuff, where it's yeah. not where the because normally it's where the company is for physical mm-hmm. locations, right? Um, but as soon as they start hiring people from other places for remote, often they'll scale pay to the locale, typically down, you know, not up. It's always about being uh, down, yeah. <laughs> So it's one of those things where it's, it, it, well, on the one hand, you have this new freedom and flexibility of, of the possibility of doing that, depending on how the company is structured and how, how it's all designed, you mm-hmm. know, you'll be more or less actually able to, uh, but yeah, but it is definitely the case. Like if you could, I think the cool thing about this is all these people who got to try remote, um, and see if they could do it. And especially, especially in sort of like tech related fields and stuff where, it's relatively straightforward for a single person to go try to start a new product, right? Uh, then, like, just seeing that you could do that, because this also, because for us, like, the, the, one of the huge values of, given the assumption that we needed to be in a physical location, right, of being in St. Louis, was that it gave us enough runway to not have to quit, right? Mm-hmm. The reality is, if we were anywhere even like 15% more expensive, um, those early years would have been. We may, we probably wouldn't be yeah, we, here, right? We would have gotten churned out. Like, yeah, because we started with six months of cash. Um, for and St. It took Louis. us For St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for where we were in St. Louis. And it took us six months to make our first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that well, that allowed us to barely hold on. Yeah. And, I, and, when, and by the time like, Crashlands launched, we had no money left. By the time Levelhead launched, fortunately, we had some business deals in the works that made it so that we were going to be fine. But with, in the absence of those – we were basically out of money, <laughs> right? So, like, yep. so we were just on the edge all this time with and with this reduced cost of living. And so now, now you imagine being a person who wants to go start a business or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And now knowing, oh shit, like I can do all of this over the internet, right? So you can go to the cheapest place you can find to bootstrap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're go to North Dakota. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is actually this brings us to one of the one of the news items too of the whole like Apple's thirty percent cut. And like, uh, and now Google just sent out emails. So if you're, if you have, if you have Google play and you're trying to sell apps there, go make sure you click the button that says, yes, I would only want to pay 15% instead of 30. Cause for some fucking reason it's opt in. But, uh, <laughs> but the truth there is the same, right? Which is that like the, the argument that like Apple and Google, and all these companies are making is, oh, well, this is industry standard. That's the entirety of the argument. Right. And, and the second part is, oh, and we, and we invest a lot into this to allow it to happen. Right. Uh, but the part of it that never gets talked about that, or doesn't get talked about as often, which to me, it feels like everyone's shooting themselves in the foot because as in these big businesses are, is because they are the reason that 30% cut is the reason for some unknown fraction of companies that went out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's that, that is the reason if it was that versus say 15% or 10% or 5%. Um, because as close as we've been the whole time to like just running out of steam by living in a cheaper place. Right. Mm-hmm. That was w- with the stores taking 30% of the revenue that we generated the whole fucking time. Right. Yep. Right. So yep. <laughs> imagine if it was only taking 15%, right. Which 
is a lot bigger of a change than it sounds like because of how percentages work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we would never have even been on the edge. Everything, actually. yeah, all these all these sort of life-changing things kind of happen on the margins a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everything kind of matters and, and, and all this comes back to sort of remote work opens up a lot more um, ways for people to sort of have control over – um, where they work to have more mobility with their work, right? But it so still are, needs to working, be designed. Has to yeah. Be designed. So if you are working at a place remotely and they are grinding you into a paste and like forcing you to be in Zoom calls back to back for 12 hours a day or something. Also, fuck that um, place, you know? It's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if that's the case, like if you're working remotely there, um, you could potentially just, you know, be sending out applications to start working remotely somewhere else and you don't have to move. <laughs> yeah, you're right where you are. Uh, yep. So so that's I think that's good for that's good for you know, like the mental health of of workers as well to it's, be and able it's good to for have worker more power. Apps, right? right. Yeah. Being yeah. able to choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, all in all, I guess to to answer the question, St. Louis is great, but also there are other great places too. There are a lot of different places that have different, you know, pros and cons. And depending on what you need, you can probably go there mm-hmm. now uh, more easily than you could in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sam's moving to the East Coast and uh, we're going to be staying remote now yeah. permanently. And uh, yeah, and my I have no reason to leave. So like I like St. Louis quite a bit. It, it hits all the things that I need except the fucking heat. Today it's 96 <laughs> degrees and humid and it already – like I can feel it coming in through the windows. Scrape it in, the tendrils. That's horrible. So that is less than ideal. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like, we've been, you know like my wife and I have invested into this house. You know, we got these cats who like also know this place really well and it's really hard to move pets. And uh, and like, you know, we've, like, we've, we've made a home here. It was, it, was, it was the first time in our whole lives that we went to a place and said, okay, like this is our let's, – let's treat this as if it's a permanent home, which doesn't mean we can't move. But it means instead of treating everything as – ephemeral, which we had to do, you know, through all of school years. Cause you keep having to go places, you keep having mm-hmm. to go to new physical locations, you know, uh, we were like, our company's here. Right. So this is where we're staying. So that, that was the anchor that allowed that to allow us to make that decision. Right. And, and so because we did, like, we just finally like made an actual home for ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so for us, despite the fact that there are lots of other places whose like weather would be better. Right. Uh, and, and like, that might have some other things that are of more interest to us. Than like what we found here, although we're happy with what we have found. Um, you know, it, the, now the now the the pull would have to be really fucking strong to yeah. <laughs> overcome the fact that we're very comfortable. That you got a nice, home very now. happy yep. where yep. we are, and like the, and the yeah the, the cost of us as Sam is experiencing the effort yeah. to fucking move is so it's, it's big. It's horrible. It is I, tremendous. I, I hate it. When when we moved here from Dallas, when we you know, made that switch, it was. It was not. Yeah. I didn't like it. Didn't Big like thanks it. to bit. to uh, to Diana, my wife, for heading up. She probably did like ninety percent of all the prep stuff, so I could continue working yeah. on studio stuff until basically this week. And then yeah, my wife was in residency, so she had zero time to help in Oof. any way she performed. So <laughs> that was all me hauling, hauling like boxes up and down. And we were lived on the third floor, a third floor condo with extra uh. stairs, you know. So it was like in Dallas in the summer. Ah, uh, up and down three flights of stairs carrying boxes. And my wife has a lot of books. So boxes and boxes of books. <laughs> and like, it was just, whoo-wee. There is something though that's kind of like, one of the things I did like about moving was that that it's a project with like obvious contours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, and if you, yeah. And if you like, if you fully go into it, you're like, okay, I'm moving now instead of like, for example, like if you try to like pack up over the course of a month or some shit, then like everything is just kind of bad for just a yeah. long time. 
But if you're like, okay, this, if you're able to be like, this week is my moving week, like, and I'm packing and I'm doing stuff and you, you can like methodically throw yourself into it. And there's a moment where it's done, right? Yeah. And you're yep. just like, it's weird. Yeah. I, I've it, done yeah. that. I did it. I'm done. And that's right? true. Yeah. Which is good. Cause not to say that's only like horrible, right? Cause it's like they're the, the aspects of having to do all that fucking work and the cost and stuff like that. Yeah, it is horrible, right? But there's, it's also very exciting and very fun mm-hmm. and also very uh, scary and kind of sad and kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's all those things. Like I remember when we, when my wife and I left our, our place in Dallas, you know, for the last time we'd finished getting all the stuff done, right? There was nothing left in the, in the condo. It was just empty. And we had a, a like an old mattress that we were like, well, we just need to get rid of this thing, right? Cause we weren't going to keep it. And so like the last thing we did was haul that out and kind of lean it against the wall because we'd hired some company to come take it. Cause I was like, I'm not going to haul this fucker down three flights of stairs. So, <laughs> so we hired somebody to come, you know, clear out the rest of the stuff and like did a final like walkthrough of the place, you know, like looked in all the cabinets, made sure we didn't miss anything, you know, it's just empty. Right. And it's then we just satisfied. <laughs> yeah. So it's just very satisfying and eerie, you know, and then we walk mm-hmm. down the stairs for the last time, you know, to like, yep. Get in the car mm-hmm. and, and we drive away and we're like, we're like literally never going to, that's, that's just gone now. It's for, done now. We lived there for seven years, right? It's like, I mean, how often do you get to just weird. be done with a thing? You know, yeah, it's, it's such weird. a rare thing, really. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's like, it's like graduate, yeah. it's like graduating from college you know, and you're just like, I'm, I'm done now. I'm not yeah. going back to this place mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yep. We're also talking about how it, it does highlight the, the actual kind of the, the ephemeral nature of the things that you think are permanent basically mm-hmm. because yeah we when we got the pod fully packed up shipped out uh got some of the rooms repainted since we have some zany colors on the walls uh and so we're basically walking through this house and this it's been like a we literally decided this at the beginning of may that we we're gonna do this so it's been six weeks mm-hmm. from like decision point to being out of the house living in Seth's basement now uh and it's weird to think that like yeah that a place you lived in and like did all this work on to like make into a home for five years in just like a month becomes nothing again. Like it's just, it's just a, a hollow it's a blank box. slate for someone else to yeah. go in. Right. And it's odd. Cause it's the, yeah, it's the, it's the skeleton you inhabited that you, you filled up with guts. Like right? a hermit crab, you know? Yeah. You're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're just hermit crabs. And, and I think this, this is, I think one of those things that you see for people who get really into like home renovation and, you know, DIY mm-hmm. stuff. I think that's part of what you get from that is like now, now this wall is something you built that you put in, you know? Mm. And so you start to own actually more of the, the whole house. What the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a kind of romanticism there that I like, just not enough to do the work, you know, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. Moving's fucking weird. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Part and part of moving into a new space, one of the core parts of the experience I feel is looking at the structure of the house and looking at all the things that previous owners have done and then going, why do they do ma- this? What maniac <laughs> – uh-huh. Picked these cabinets. Or like, why is this light bulb like this? Why didn't they install different light? You know, and then you make it yours, though. You know, which is expensive, but also very yeah. fun. And cool. Or in a lot of cases, like what, it, what you know, I've done in my house is because we repainted the walls, right? Mm-hmm. But we haven't done anything, you know, structural, structural yeah. to the house. Uh, and so it's like, what's what's outside in terms of like how the garden is set up or whatever? Like that's the same. Uh, we, yeah, we just haven't really, we're just like, this is where we are, but also we're, we're too cheap. I think to like, really cause like we could knock down a wall or something, but also you gotta no. have a good reason. <laughs> it's not, it's not just, yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the mental effort of doing the work. And, and even if you hire somebody, it's the, it's the cost and still the mental effort of getting it done. I'm, there's been like, there's been a thing about our house that's, I know it'd be just every day, but never quite enough to, and it's a thing I could solve, but which is <laughs> every fucking outlet, every single one is upside down. 
Just tell every single one. <laughs> that was that was clearly a design choice, and I don't know why. Someone did that. Someone did that very on purpose, and I don't. I can't think. I don't know why. I don't. I, I even Have googled, googled that. I was like, that? Why the okay, fuck are my ballots like, upside down? Yeah, I feel like apparently they'll do it sometimes to like kind of mark a difference between, like, to kind of indicate something like that. Oh, these are grounded or some shit, right? Mm. But like every single one is. There's no differentiator. Like they're just all upside down. But you know, because then I'm buying various stuff to like add my cool, you know, robot house things or whatever. And I, and I go to plug it in, and it's and like now the text is upside down, you know, on the thing. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it's like you're scanning the room and you're like looking at stuff and you see that like thing in the corner. That's you know, and like stuff plugged into the wall is always very visibly there anyway. But also now it's upside down. <laughs> just like, why is it like this? It's just, and, then, and then of course, when you buy some things, they assume it's oriented the other way. So if you buy like extension cords that have like the the little like the flat thing, so that it kind of comes off at an angle, so and it kind of straight out at an angle. And yeah. so all mine now go up and then have to come back down. Now. It's just it's so. Wait, yeah, you find these little stupid things. You're just like, why? Why is it like this? And the question someone is, someone did that. Are you willing to, so to actually fix it? Which would again would actually be in your case, you know, what you could do is you just buy some of those like multi outlet outlets that you plug into an outlet. Oh, I have a bunch of those, yeah. But I guess but that those, would still be upside down. Those are still upside Shit. down. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Now, it's just, now it's just a lot more upside down outlets. That's rough, man. That's rough. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's part of the moving is sort of like living with the weird decisions and mistakes of other people. I mean, yeah. for me, my dream is to is just like not do anything to our house. And do as little as possible and save as much money as we can. And then, and then in quite a long time, you know, once it's feasible, build a house. I mean, once lumber yeah. doesn't cost a billion yeah, dollars a log. <laughs> well, and, and like once, I mean, this, this is like a, like a 20 year plan, right? Like, cause I would need to have enough money to just build do that. House, even if, even house. if lumber was, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a lot more expensive, like, in in the modern day to build a house than to like buy yeah. and renovate probably depending on how yeah. much renovation you're going to do but yeah yeah i mean it, yeah it, and i think justifiably you know uh, yeah but i think but the reality the is time, the reality is though sure save up all the money talk to an architect your favorite architect you've ever in the world you know plan this beautiful house you throw a fucking jillion dollars at it five years later it's done or however long it takes yep. to make a house a year later whatever i have no it's idea done. You walk in the door, you're like, oh my God, this is everything I dreamed it would be. You start filling with stuff. And at some point you're like, what? Wait a second. <laughs> why did I- Why is this closet so small? Yeah, yeah why shit. is this- <laughs> I think we should it's blow like, out this wall. Can we just blow out this wall? Yeah, the you know, problem with houses is they're so fucking static, right? And the effort to change them. Because the reality is like we're constantly changing it. We're supposed to live in this, in this skeleton, this frame, right? That like in my case was built 130 fucking years ago or whatever. And, uh, and like, so I'm going to move into this thing, right. That ex- has existed as is right for over a hundred years and somehow, and then like, and I'm going to move in with the stuff that I have when I'm, it was, was like 28 or something, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it was. So like I move in here, I've got my stuff, right. And I start trying to figure out kind of where to put it, but then the stuff that I have changes my needs. So I'm working from home now. So then my wife is working from home now, right. Now we have three cats, which we didn't have before. Right. So like our life is completely changed inside of this unchanging skeleton, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess your house was built sort of like around the time that, that people were figuring out how to make airplanes. Yeah. Actually. Out of, out of cloth. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was 1896. That was the, like, yeah. Oh, long that. before airplanes. The birthday yeah, of the cars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before like meaningful electricity even, right? Uh, Shortly after the civil war. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, right. But yeah, but yeah, I think that's the, but to the point of like, sure, the dream house idea is a great one, right? But that's still assuming that by the time you get there and can do it, 
the dream that, is the same. That and, the dream is the same and will stay mm-hmm. the same. And you that know? you're the same. Mm-hmm. Your needs are the same. Yeah. 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 There's just no, there's no, uh, there's no easy answers. Yeah. But I mean, one of the things we always joked about was like, as we're, as, as we all started getting our houses set up for the first time, was like just how, how wild it is that the normal way of building a house is to build all kinds of like electronics and vents and ducts and like, cause all the stuff that makes the house livable is like the outlets and the wiring and the AC and the heat and all that stuff. Like being able to have heat in the winter, pretty good, pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good to have that. Right. Except all those parts are like sealed they're sealed away inside of walls, mm-hmm. yep. you know, that you have to like destroy the wall. You have to, you have to literally change. break the house <laughs> to make a change. Yeah. And you just, I just think, I mean, cause I don't know what the alternative is, but also it seems wild <laughs> that, you know, yeah. that, that, that's where we land. Why is it still uh, like this? Yeah. The alternative would be like that you this? have walls wide enough that you would have an access point to the walls. Cause they're like a battle, a battleship on those. Yeah. Uh, you need a hole, you need a, in, yeah, a hole, hole interior. Yeah, and then so someone goes in, in the hole to go do new electrical wiring and stuff. But then you have so instead people of living walls, in your walls. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. Yeah, so instead of walls, you have sort of like uh, hallways. Well, I'd say you have walls. Wall, wallways. W-H-A-L-L-S. Every wall is a door, you know? It just opens. Just open it. There's the Every wall. You know? <laughs> There's probably something. Yeah. In there. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's going to be how I make my house. Every wall, every the wall, the studs will actually have hinges on them, and yeah. then instead of drywall, there will just be like openable, you know, hatches. Yeah, you can get in there. You could do whatever you want in there. You could you could live in the wall if you wanted to. You be careful. You will have people living in your walls. So that's how you get people in your walls. That's, that's how you get. True, yeah. That's how you get wall people. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I think that's all the time we have for uh, this week. So. <laughs> it was a big one. It happened to be a big, a big one. one though. And it was, to be fair, not only was it already a big question, it was three or so questions. Just And very relevant. And very relevant. So, so, so then it dictated also the normal life storytelling, which always you know, so, mm-hmm. takes some time. There you go. So we answered, so that like, was two, we answered well. like 15 questions, I think. That uh, was Will Land's right, question, well, right? Yeah. Yes, Will yeah. Land. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question. Very good question. Yeah. Uh, so we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net or butterscotch.coffee. Yeah, buddy. Uh, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.